You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 138 of the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. And uh, back in ap- episode 118, Autumn talked to special guest Mark Coker, the CEO and founder of Smashwords. And during that conversation, some new tools were shared, yeah. one of which was around how to resell your books as opposed to set up pre-orders or pre-sell as you'd rather say pre-sell your books as opposed to set up pre-orders like you do on amazon and you've been testing that out autumn as as always i always am the perfect guinea pig for You're the all guinea pig. of our experiments <laughs> so i tried out pre-sales and i've tried out pre-orders both on smashwords and other places so I have some results to share and some thoughts and tips if anyone wants to check out this feature. And I can't wait to share it. But really, today we're both kind of getting back into the driver's seat because you're just back from vacation. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I mean, we recorded a bunch of episodes before the holidays to carry us through. So in reality... Well, for the listener, it sounds like it's only been a week, but for us, it's been a month since we last <laughs> yeah. recorded anything. I know we had to, <laughs> we're recording even late because we had so much stuff to talk about beforehand. So, hey, you know, yeah, it's it, we, we had a lot of future we, plans to yeah future plans over. to to talk about. Definitely, <laughs> but you had a good vacation. But it's been good. Yeah, yeah, good vacation. A lot of relaxation and uh, doing as little as possible, apart from reading a ton of books. Uh, I think I managed to read five books, which has never happened before. Granted, good. some of them were fairly short, though, but there was also one very long one in between. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was good. And uh, it's been bus- busy coming back, I must say. Uh, and yeah. the, the, the thing is, the time off work always makes me think about a million new things. So apart from writing stuff and what, we should write about and how we should tackle our next series which what we just talked about offline here (laughs) um i've also filled up my bucket of marketing ideas uh, primarily like facebook ad strategies which i think you noticed uh, autumn once i started emailing about can you make new ad (laughs) images for this and that (laughs) yeah i thought you were on vacation i started getting some new tasks i was like wait what's going on (laughs) because i'm not on vacation doesn't mean you can assign me things yet you know (laughs) it was fun (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but that, that happens you know i i start thinking once once i <laughs> gear down then my brain starts thinking about new things so uh i think I that's good it's good to take some time off sometimes <laughs> yes i think it is very good and i have to admit even though i i had a total task list that I, I didn't actually hit the bottom of there's still a few things on my list of things i meant to do while you're on vacation when we didn't have our normal sessions when we record so i still have stuff to do but i have to admit i snuck in some extra books and some extra reading as well so it was kind of <laughs> nice to maybe slow down a little bit uh get some reading in and it was kind of fun yeah 
And the the other thing that actually happened while I was uh, off on vacation was that I got an email from the uh, National Soccer Association. Oh yeah. Um, and they yeah they asked me, or they sort of uh, well, how do you say that? But they suggested uh, in a nice way uh, because they have a position coming up uh, as to become a referee instructor. Oh. instructor referee instructor so they sent me an email and said that we would like you to apply for this position <laughs> if you would please consider it really so cool. yeah that's pretty cool so of course there's no guarantees that i will get it i was not uh, the only one but i think they had like there was five people or something on on that email that nice. they had sort of picked out and say we would like you guys to apply for this nice. um, if I understand correctly, I think they're going to hire a couple. So it's not only one person. I think there's going to be a couple. Uh -huh. um, uh, but yeah, as we know from <laughs> recording this podcast and all the courses we do with writing, and I, I love teaching. So yeah. I think this is excellent. I would like to become an instructor. And, and if I'm honest, one day at some point in the future, I will not be able to run as well anymore as age <laughs> catches up with me. So <laughs> maybe teaching would be good to get into. Yeah, I could see that. Let's not talk about age because I'm even older than you. So that's just not, we're not going there. <laughs> but no, that would be, that's, you know, it's still flattering to even get an email asking you to apply, but good luck. That would be really kind of cool. We just spent like two hours talking and you didn't, you're just telling me this now. Yeah, I always do this on purpose, don't <laughs> I? Too. I think you like holding out on me. <laughs> Yeah, I could uh, I could just say to the listener that uh, we just had a two hour like uh, business and writing meeting, and uh, <laughs> I think I started out by saying I wanted to ask Autumn a question, <laughs> and then I didn't ask the question until two hours later, and I gave her like three teasers throughout the two hours that I'm going to come back to the question, yeah. <laughs> and like, she what didn't know what it was. <laughs> We've known each other how many years? I'm like, okay, what is this question that you have to keep hinting about? <laughs> but all right. <laughs> We got through it. I finally found out what the question was. We got was. through it. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. So, Autumn, another thing I want to spring on you here. Oh, jeez. Already? <laughs> Already. I mean, we are recording for the first time in a month, so now I'm coming out of the gates running now. Okay. You've saved all these things up on me you've been playing this is what you've been thinking about while you're on vacation or things that you can spring <laughs> on me now i know <laughs> no no but this is now probably a month ago because that's how long it's been since we recorded but did you notice how dominic weighed in on patreon on which one of us won episode 123 where we did the uh, top 10 list of the worst characters Oh, that shoot. or the worst people that we could think about teaching magic. Did you see that he actually yeah, had something just, to say about who won? You're bringing this up because he said you won. <laughs> That's why you're bringing <laughs> this up. Otherwise, you would totally have forgotten about this topic of you conversation. Think? I think I just I have ignored it. <laughs> I just have this no, intuition. Yeah, but he did say something <laughs> else as well. Yeah, he did say something else as well. Okay. And, you have to refresh um, my memory. He was saying that uh, I was trying to move the goalpost and change <laughs> the rules of you our were. top ten. You were. Which I have no idea what he means. <laughs> yeah. That's. You but did. that's not important either. The, the important thing was that uh, 
He said you he won. He said that I was the winner of that episode. And he apologized to me. Yeah. But I don't know. That was just one opinion. I- I'm still holding out for others. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I think our Patreon supporters are very important. So, uh, yeah. Maybe we can double weight him. At but... least if you say I won, then that's it. <laughs> that's all you need to know. <laughs> I see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A quick reminder here, uh, as mentioned the past few weeks on the past few weeks of episodes, um, mm. and we might just mention it next week as well, but after that, it'll be too late. Yes. So this is one of those last kind of reminders now, but uh, we've decided to offer everyone on our email list a massive discount for either one of our flagship courses. So. Uh, ah. Either Do you one, want to mention that, to, Autumn? Well, no, you said either one. You have forgotten on your month off. We decided it was going to be for three, either of the three courses. Either of the three, yeah. Yeah. Well, then supposed... you explain what those courses are. <laughs> Obviously, I've kept my mind going and wasn't on vacation. But yeah, so we are going to offer a coupon for either the Ultimate Fantasy Writer's Guide, which is our premium, premier uh, writing course, the one-stop shop for everything from how to write develop ideas to marketing and building your author brand and platform to crafting incredible fantasy worlds, which is our world building mega course, which is so freaking awesome, but it, it'll take you sort of along the, you'll develop a world, not just for a world, but you're going to actually develop it in conjunction with really feeding into your story and creating a world and a story that are combined and just intricate. Or we decided, don't you remember, like, it was like the beginning of the previous episode, we decided we would throw in our master mailing (laughs) list course as well. So if you have questions on how to do email marketing and talk to readers and turn your readers into super fans, that course will be having a coupon too. Only if you sign up for it, though. Yes, so we'll be emailing out this voucher. Uh, It's going to be $150 off. Um, But if you want to get your hands on it, you have to get on the email list fast now because uh, it's going to be soon. (laughs) So you're going to you're going to be too late if you don't get on the list quite soon. We'll place in the link in the show notes from where you can do just that. Um, Yeah, but uh, don't linger. Don't linger or you're going to be signing up for the next time, maybe, when if we win, we decide to do this again. And on to today's topic. So we're going to talk about pre-order versus pre-sale, as we said right. up at the top. Uh, but I think we need to explain what is the difference here, Autumn? Yeah, I think so. Are you want, Okay, you want me to explain this, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Well, you you can if you want. Okay. All right. Well, you can see if I get it right. Uh, so a pre-order, I, hopefully a lot of authors are familiar with this, though it was interesting when I was talking to Mark Coker. He said that a lot of authors still don't use pre-orders and that typically the authors who do use pre-orders tend to be the higher earning ones. So I thought that was a kind of an interesting t- statistic. But a pre-order is when you put up your book and you say it's it shows up on Amazon, it shows up on Smashwords, actually Barnes & Noble, Kobo, all of those platforms do have pre-orders. And so you'll see it often there is the book cover and it'll say a release date and you can go ahead and click the button so that you were buying it 
technically before it is released, you don't get an actual copy of the book. You just get um you get to put in your order early. It's like, you know, you once it's released, you'll be the, the first ones to get it. And most authors, when they do pre-orders, often offer a discount. So you're usually buying in. So if your book is normally $4.99, maybe you're going to be able to get it at $0.99 cents or $2.99. You get a little bit of a discount by ordering it early. And for authors, it's nice because you usually... Depends on the platform, but often all those sales dump in on one day. With a pre-order, often those first few days after release are the biggest selling days for your book. And part of that is because you had maybe a month, two months, six months even as possible of pre-order where your book shows up as being live. Some authors, they make it fun and they use um, a fake cover. They'll just say like, cover coming soon and they'll do a cover reveal and you can do all this stuff it's kind of there's a lot of stuff that goes on with pre-orders but that's it you put up the book for pre-order and you don't see any money from it until it is finally released the day it is released whatever day you decide to have as a release date now pre-sale is different and it is something that smashwords has come up with they're the only platform doing it and actually mark coker has put it in for a um, patent he wants to own this one which i don't blame him because i have seen uh amazon pick up some of the things that uh, smashwords does first so (laughs) i don't blame him for deciding to kind of copyright this one himself but pre-sale is that in-between step you can put your book book up for pre-order and you don't see any money from it until you release it pre-sale is that space in between where you put up the book for pre-order you do have to have it up for pre-order And then for certain people, or you could do it for the public at large, it's kind of cool. You can get into the nitty gritty. You can actually sell the book before it's available in stores like Amazon. And what's kind of cool is that means if your book is going to be in Kindle Unlimited, but it isn't released yet, so it's not in Kindle Unlimited, you can actually run a pre-sale and not run afoul of Amazon's terms of service. So that's kind of a cool tidbit if you are a Kindle Unlimited customer. But yeah, this gives you a chance. You you sell it like it's a regular book, except for there's some really kind of cool twists and why it works out as a pre-sale. It's very exclusive, and you know how readers love exclusive deals. This gives you some income between the pre-order and actual launch. Yeah, now I haven't tried this pre-sale stuff uh, since you are the guinea pig here, Autumn. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds to me very similar, and you, you you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds very similar to what we normally uh, like to do in, in the sense of if, for example, we want to release a book in Kindle Unlimited, uh, we know that some readers like to read on Kobo or something. So what is a pretty good strategy is to, for example, if you have something like Patreon, you could go to your readers and say, okay, for during this two week window, you can buy the book via Patreon here. If, if you don't, if you don't want to buy it from Amazon, here's a two week window where you can buy it and you can avoid buying it from Amazon if you prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you can then use book funnel and just post a book funnel link inside Patreon and say you could buy it from here, but using Patreon then makes it easy in the sense that they are already paying money and so on. So they can download it from there, or you could, you could do it yourself if you wanted, uh, using mm-hmm. the sales link directly from book funnel. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's the same thing, isn't it? 
it is oh, where's similar. the difference? To me, I think the difference... Well, the when I was talking to Mark, I said, oh, well, you know, I already sell my books on my website. And I often have done that releasing it early. And we've done this for our own books. If we re- release them early from our website, so if you buy directly from us, you know, it's often available a week or two weeks before the pre-order date comes up. So, I mean, we do that because we get um, a higher royalty rate, which is, you know, fantastic. You get people to trust us and come and buy from us directly. Pre-sales are kind of filling that niche if you do not know how to do that, set up an actual ebook sales directly from your website. So it works and it, you do get a higher percentage. Um, Smashwords set so uh does a 80 percent royalty rate so that is you know better than you're going to get off of amazon which right. is kind of cool uh it's sort of that idea there's a few differences where you know, there's um an anti-piracy pledge that people are signing so that works out really well that if you're selling the book like literally two months before you would have released it on the pre-order you you know you know they're not going to be sharing it around to other people because that's oh you, you that would be something I would be concerned about if I was doing a pre-sale that was way out front of my pre-order date. And the other difference is you can actually through Amazon, uh, through Smashwords, they have done it so that they can get a second discount that if they sign up using and giving you your, their email address. And so subscribing to your email rate, they can maybe get another small discount or a big discount. So you could say, Pre-sale, it is $4.99, but if you agree to my email list, it's going to be $2.99. So suddenly this is a way of generating people to get onto your email list. And that's kind of the cool thing about the pre-sale, because if you do that, you would obviously... There's two ways of doing the settings, and we can talk about the settings, but you can make it a public one. And so, you know, people who just go to Smashwords, you can just spread the link everywhere. And people can go and find it like a regular book. And then they can get a discount if they sign up to your email list. And it's like, oh, that is, you're getting a sale. So you're getting money and you're getting someone on your email list. That's pretty cool. Or you can do a private link. And so if that case, you're probably just sharing the private links, like you said, to your Patreon supporters or the people who are already on your email list. Well, in that case, they're probably not going to care too much about signing up for your email list because they're already on your email Mm, list. They probably can still sign up and get the discount. But yeah, in that case, uh, when you have the private link, you know, that little extra coupon deal, isn't that exciting? Though, speaking of coupons, Smashwords is one of those places that does offer coupons that you can use and generate. And you can use those coupon codes with the presale. So if you wanted to still do something exclusive to the readers who are specifically on your email list, you can give them, hey, go and get this book on pre-sale before it's out in stores. And if you use this code, you can get, you know, 10, 25% off as well. So you could make people get so excited. You could, you know, make the coupon good only for one or two people and use it as a giveaway. There's a lot of kind of fun things you can do with the pre-sale link and how they have it set up. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, th- that is different than uh, for sure. The the part about getting people to sign up, that's not something you can do anywhere else. So no. that is quite unique. Um, it was. And that's why he kind of convinced me to like, I know you're selling books on your own website, but you should give this a try because you can generate mm. people signing up to your email list. I'm like, okay, that is that is pretty gosh darn cool. 
Yeah, and the other thing about it is that if all the setting up of the uh, payment modules on your website or setting up the uh, payment collections via book funnel, which you can do nowadays, and yeah. but if all of that feels too daunting and too technical, then at least this is, I mean, it's probably like ticking a box when you have uploaded to Smashwords anyway, isn't it? It was two pages, uh, but mostly just radio button check boxes. So yeah, you have right, to yeah. start by uploading your pre-order. And the caveat is you have to have your completed final manuscript. So, you know, often with pre-orders, people set it up and they're like, okay, you know, uh, Amazon's like gives you five days. You have to have it before release that you need to have the final version uploaded. Well, in this case, you need to have your final version. So you have to plan ahead and you have to have the final book. And that's, I think, really the key here. So you're purposefully pushing off your pre-order even though you have the final book instead of releasing it just to use the pre-sale. But yeah, once you have that uploaded, there's literally a button in your Smashwords dashboard that says, hey, you know, sign up for pre-sale. And you go through a few questions like, do you want it public or do you want it private? Do you want to offer a discount through email? Do you want people to have to sign up the, the anti-piracy pledge? And you answer those really quick questions. They're mostly radio buttons, just like thinking about it. Um, and hit done and off it goes. It's up there and whether it's public or giving you a private link, there you go. It's, it, it's really pretty painless, I will say. Yeah, that, that is pretty cool. And of course, the nice thing being as well that, uh, with the pre-sale here, you're, you're collecting the money right away. Uh, uh, I, I guess, I mean, some people might not know, but for example, mm -hmm. if you, are doing pre-orders on Amazon, uh, if the reader then sees your pre-order on Amazon and they buy via the pre-order, well, like, like you said before, it's not going to be delivered uh, or also not charged until the date the pre-order goes live. But what some people might not know is that Amazon actually does not count pre-orders against your bestseller rank uh, or the book rank uh, on the release date. No. So... They used basically, to a long the, time ago, but not anymore. Yeah. No, so basically the stuff that you sell during your pre-order is not going to help on your ranking at all. So, of course, if you're white, uh, other retailers do not punish you like this. And honestly, I feel like it is Amazon punishing you for doing pre-orders, pre which I don't understand why, no, but they do. Um, there's probably some reason for it for somebody <laughs> in the past who has gamed the system and then they've done right. something like this, I could imagine, but I don't know. But on the contrary, the other retailers, they will actually give you a bonus on release day. So mm -hmm. the pre-order will increase your visibility in their store, mm -hmm. uh, but your ranking will also increase from the cumulative buys when the book goes live. Right. So you're actually getting a boost twice if you're using pre-orders on the other retailers, which is yeah. quite cool. But cool. of course, like we know, 90% of all the book sales for most authors comes from Amazon. So that means that <laughs> Amazon in general are the only one we are majorly concerned and focused on, unfortunately, but that's how life is. Um, which also means that the pre-orders on Amazon, I guess the, the reason, I mean, we usually use pre-orders on them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but the reason we do it is not because it's going to help on the ranking or and also not because it's going to uh, help on uh, more sales and so on. But actually, the reason is just because it can be very stressful when you have a deadline. Um, <sighs> and when you have a pre-order the way that we do it, 
because Amazon is not very flexible in moving the dates at all. No. Uh, but <laughs> I think they allow to, for you to do it once. That's once for it, 30 I think. days, uh, and that is it. Yeah. But what we normally do is that we make sure that we have the entire book ready and done and final. Mm-hmm. So we actually, what we could have done is we could just release it and make it public. But right. we already set it, we always set it up as a pre-order for one because there is no stress. Then we don't have a deadline by which we need to upload the final files because mm-hmm. we already did. Um, yes. But the other thing is that then that allows us to run some of these other things during the pre-order. Meaning, for example, that we can tell people, hey, if you want it earlier. You can buy it directly from us. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we do have all these uh, website shenanigans that we need to take care of, uh, which Autumn gets to do. But then we have that possibility to to sell the book di- directly. And because mm-hmm. we can offer it earlier than other people gets it from buying it on Amazon, there's an incentive there to buy it directly from us. And of course, we want people to buy directly because then we're getting the full royalty ourselves. We don't have to pay 30% to Amazon, for for instance. Um, And the other thing is that we... We don't do this always, Autumn, but sometimes we we like to run some sort of uh, giveaways or mm-hmm. something related to the um, to the actual release of the new book, just to get the word of mouth going as well, and and people sharing and online and so oh, on. Yeah. So so you can do some of all these other things when it's on pre-order. Technically, you could also do it if you just publish the book. But the problem is that when there is no time limit limit on things, you know, um, you could come up with some arbitrary time limit and say you have (laughs) to do this within one week to get this price. You could do that as well if you wanted to. Um, But but when you I don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do the pre order though, you can at least you can get people excited about the giveaway. You know, you have you maybe you have a month or two months to tell people when this releases. There's going to be one week where if you get back to me with the first word in chapter 28 then you will be in for a drawing you know you get the two-month window to let people know about that where if you just release the book and you say okay you have one week to do that it's you just have those that one week to tell people hey do this and you can get into it so the time limit is totally different and i'm surprised you didn't mention this but with you have a pre-order you have the website where the book is going to be live so if you want to set up any advertising, you have the link to the website where the book's going to be live. You can actually get all your ducks in a row and have your advertising ready for launch week. And that's, that's to me, I think, why the authors who do do pre-orders, they have all their ducks in a row. They have the advertising. They have the giveaway or the scavenger hunt after you know release. They have all this excitement going on and they use that pre-order period to generate that excitement and to get people ready and ready. They know the rules, they know what's going to happen and they can celebrate with the author where the author says, oh, by the way, I released that yesterday. I thought I'd tell you. You're like, huh? Okay. What? You know, <laughs> you don't feel quite catch. You have to catch up. So I think pre-orders, um, yeah, you have to have all your stuff together in the beginning. But it gives you a chance to have a lot more fun and I think to celebrate because you're not freaking out that you need to get the final format done and get it up there and all those other things. It's all ready to go and you can kind of kick back and just do some Instagram posts on it. 
Yeah, I, at least I feel like the entire release process of a new book is it's less stressful once everything is just up on pre-order and you have your time to get all those docs in a row and so on. So mm -hmm. at least that's how I feel. But I do also know, and I full disclosure here, I do know that there are some disadvantages there. And I mentioned it before, right? Uh, how it's sales are not counting against your sales rank and so on. So there are definitely disadvantages to doing pre-orders. But yeah. to me taking the stress out of the picture uh, yeah, yeah that is worth some money to me <laughs> it, i agree and it is interesting so i did try to with a pre-sale i ran it on the last book in my tainted face series instead of putting it up for sale early on my website and actually i'm i've always been i'm not a good procrastinator i always do stuff as soon as i'm supposed to or like that's why i assign times and deadlines for it because if i don't do it when i meant to i then forget to do it so i still haven't put up the final book for sale on my website which i do have some some readers who always wait for me to do that and i'm just realized that and i now feel really guilty and i've got to go back on my website and get it all set up but if if you i did try it out so instead of selling it directly on my website i decided to do it uh, smashwords pre-sale and i think it had mixed results. You know, it was hard because I only tried it once and I literally only did it as a two week window because as you and I both know, I was very behind getting this last book out the door. It was very long, 150,000 words. So I mean, it's not horribly long, but it was <laughs> long and I had other projects and other things going on. So it, it kind of got back burnered when it should have been front burnered. And I only had a two week pre-sale trial, but I did it public. And I also did it, uh, did send the link to the mailing list. And I did have a lot of people go and check it out. But I will admit the final result is I did not have a ton of sales. I think just like pre-orders, just with everything, is you have to have your ducks in a row. And you have to let people know. You have to be either advertising it or on social media and posting about it and telling your newsletter quite a few times. And I think there's one, maybe two other things that might cause people to hesitate before they go and buy your pre-sale book off of Smashwords. And I don't know if you can guess what those are. Mm, no. <laughs> no. See, I gotta put you on the spot. It's occasionally. very late for me. My brain is not working anymore. I know it is. We're recording very. My late brain for is you. not working anymore. You're just gonna make me yeah. take pity on you because you know I always do. But the first one is not many readers do <laughs> know what Smashwords is. So they it's not Amazon, it's not Kobo, it's not Barnes and Noble. And goodness knows, Smashwords has been around almost as long as Amazon has been selling ebooks. But still it's never made it into that big name category. So they see Smashwords and they're like, okay, a new profile, a new place to have library and books. And I do think it's unfortunate. It's yeah, out of that's all, always a problem it's always this problem but out of all the sellers that are out there smashwords um really does its best authors are first indie authors are first they're near and dear to mark coker's heart he is an indie author that's why he created this platform so i i respect so much what he does for indie authors and that's why i try to tell people about smashwords because darn i don't want to see this one go away i like pronoun when pronoun was out there for authors oh it was just a fantastic thing and when they collapsed and closed up shop i was very sad but smashwords i don't want to see that happen because they have been leading a forefront of stuff and tools that are available to authors indie authors 
that the other platforms are slowly putting into place as well. So they're kind of like, you know, there's, they're scavenging off of Smashwords, like coupons. Smashwords used to be the only place where you could create your own coupons. And I just saw, I don't know if it was Kobo, I forget which other platform now allows you to do that as well. It's like, oh, I know where they got that from. And they did not come up with that on their own. And they're not doing it just yeah. to commit. Yeah, they're not doing it just to compete with Amazon. They're doing it to compete with Smashwords, actually. So that's one thing to keep in mind. So yes, you're, you're going to have some readers who maybe they'll follow the link and they'll see Smashwords. I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to start a whole new profile. So I think you have that going against you. And then the other one, and I almost feel guilty saying this one. So I'm surprised you didn't guess. But have you been on the Smashwords website and looked at it recently that you can think of it? Nope. It was developed in 2010-ish, um, and it looks like it was developed in 2010-ish. And to me, that is, it's so superficial to yeah, say. that's a problem. It's a, but it's a problem. If you've never seen Smashwords no, no, it's and not. you're following it, you don't think it's superficial? No, I don't think it's superficial okay. because I mean, you, you if you come to a website or, or mm -hmm. you, I mean, it's similar. So, so imagine somebody who wants to, let's say, buy one of our courses, for example. Yes. And then they go on to amwritingfantasy.com and they see something that could have been developed like 15 years ago. Would you buy the course then? I wouldn't. No. I would think like, well, okay, if this is the quality, then I don't want to do that. So I understand that part, but I think even more your first point is probably even more important in the sense that if you think about like the average reader, if you are, let's say you're used to buying books on Kindle or even on Kobo, it doesn't matter, but you're, you're used to buying eBooks from one of the major retailers like Kobo or Amazon. Yeah. So you go onto Amazon, you find the book you want to buy, you put the you press the one click uh, buy well, button and then you say you. deliver to my kindle and whoopty whoopty the book is on your kindle right as soon as you take the reader out of that environment the first thing they will be asking themselves is how do i get this file onto my kindle now because mm -hmm. i can't click that button where it says deliver to my kindle and it might be that you know that at the end of the day it's quite easy with smash words and so on it, it because we sometimes have the same problem with book funnel yes. where some readers come to and they don't they don't understand how they can download the book and get it on the kindle from book funnel even though like they, they, there is like a button like click here and then <laughs> for help book funnel does a very good job at explaining how to do it and it's yeah. very very easy but i can easily say that because i've done it so many times but for the for the like 65 year old lady who likes to read fantasy books and and just goes and click one button on amazon and then it appears on our kindle for her to go to book funnel or to go to smashwords or some place where she's not used to be mm -hmm. and figure out how to which buttons do i need to click to get and it might be easy for us because we're used to this and, and we work in this environment every day but i think we need to keep in mind that most readers they don't, right? They are not familiar with all these different sites and services mm -hmm. and whatnot. So for them, it's massively confusing. Yeah, and uh, I think, and, yeah. yeah. And in that case, you know, you're so you maybe you get to send people there because they're really excited. Because I had a ton of people who followed the link to go and see, like, oh my gosh, the book's available. The last book in the series is available early. They were excited, but when you have never been to Smashwords before, if you don't know the story, because, you know, what do the readers care that they support indie authors and they're really fantastic and all that. They land on a website that was built in 2010 
and looks like it was built in 2010 and they might not feel that comfortable saying yeah i i i can totally use this and go with it and i feel comfortable i know they're going to support me it's it doesn't have that feeling that that kind of sleek look modern look and i like i said part of me feels bad saying that because i know i know how many people um i've uploaded a book there and they're like you're 28th in line to have it um you know, converted and turned onto a computer, into a book, because there's 28 people ahead of me uploading books at the exact same time. This website is active all the time. Books are being published all, all the time. And I redesigned our course website while it was live. And even though I knew what I was doing to then take it from the staging site to the actual website while it was live, and we have students who are like, taking the class even though you know you, you tell them i'm gonna take it down for like two three hours hopefully everything will be fine it's nerve-wracking and it's a lot of work and i can't imagine doing that on a website mm. the mm. size of Smashwords. um actually that's I, oh yeah yeah for sure I, I, there's a really funny story and i cannot remember which book store it is but they went and did an update recently and they accidentally turned everyone's book into the exact same one like this dragon book which at least was a dragon book and they apologized profusely <laughs> but i could imagine being on the other side having pushed the staging site to live and then going holy oh my god yeah beep. Oops! <laughs> we just screwed up the entire website. I would not. You could not pay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would have to pay me a gosh awful lot of money to put up with that level of paranoid crap. So I can understand why the website hasn't been updated, yeah. but it shows, and I think it does hurt um, Smashwords itself, and also you if you're using it and you're sending readers who don't understand what Smashwords is, and they look at the website and going. It looks like, you know, 2010 um, yeah, Yahoo or something. <laughs> it does not look sleek and pretty at yeah. all. So those but, are but my two complaints. Especially also because... Yeah. yeah, but especially also because we're talking about putting in your credit card somewhere, right? And and that's where the, that's really where the big barrier is. Because mm -hmm. even getting people to... I mean, we've been talking at some point in the past. We talked about maybe if uh, because there is quite a lot of people who don't like Facebook mm -hmm. and probably like a year or no, maybe two years. I can't remember, but quite a long while ago before the I'm writing fantasy Facebook group became what it is today. There was a Crazy. point in time when we were sort of debating, should we stay on Facebook or should we move somewhere else to mighty networks? We talked about at some point, Absolutely. but also there that doesn't even cost money for people, but yeah. just the fact that you have to create a new user profile somewhere. New website on a Mighty Networks to. app that you don't know, you're not familiar with it. Facebook is on your phone. Everybody knows it. Everybody uses it. So already there is a barrier. But if you then add on top that you need to put in your credit card mm -hmm. and you don't know the brand, you don't know the site, and maybe if it looks a bit dated as well, you could be worried about the safety uh, of putting yeah. in your credit card information. So, it, I mean, there's just many barriers that you need to get across there. and it, It's really not easy. It is not. Um, and I saw that with my results. Like I said, I did not advertise it heavy. I was just kind of, ah, you know, it was just, I was happy to get the book out. That's, I was done. I was happy with that. I was, I should have marketed it a hell of a lot more, but 
even so, I did not see many for the number of people who did follow the list because we have quite a big email uh, reader list. And to see the number of people who did follow it versus the number of people who because you can see the stats. I will say that Smashwords gives you great stats. You can see how many people looked at it, how many people downloaded a sample, how many people bought it. Those are all clearly laid out for you in your dashboard. And to see those, the number of people who went and looked at the book versus the number that so- that actually went and bought it, you're like, yeah, that's something. These are readers who desperately mm. want the last book in the series, and I did not have a ton of people biting it. I get more people who would buy it from me directly from um, my website. So that shows that there was something yeah. about the pre-sale, something about that that was just like people were like, it something stopped them from actually buying the book early. And as a reader who just, while you were on vacation, I read seven books. For, I read the whole, everything on Leigh Bardigo's um, Grishaverse. So I read all of her books. And <laughs> if I do, I could get one of them, the next one that she hints at early. I would be buying it. So um, knowing that if you're hopefully developing fans who are that excited for the last book in the series and they're not willing to pull out their credit card, something was stopping them. And my guess is not that they didn't want my book. It's something on the website. Mm. But of course, all of that doesn't change that uh, the uh, pre-sales function that Mark Coco and, and, yeah. and Smashwords developed is it's very, very cool. It's so very cool. I would still say if if the listener here missed out on the details, then go back and lis- listen to episode 118 when uh, Autumn talked to Mark Coker. And um, you can hear a lot more details about all the things that Smashwords can do. Uh, yes. It was a very good interview. Uh, so... Just yeah. go in, create I, I guess... accounts. They're just so people can know. I mean, they're they work as a distributor. You can send out your pre-orders to Kobo, all of those other platforms. I still like it. And they are have an amazing customer service. So, you know, feel free to join, create an account. I think they're better than draft to digital in many ways. And um then send them a message saying, Hey, when are you gonna update your website? <laughs> to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> And don't say that Autumn asked you to oh, say please that. Please don't. Please don't get them mad at me. We had a great conversation. <laughs> All right. So next Monday, we're looking into a topic which has actually been brought up several times by different people. And that is how relevant race and gender is in fantasy fiction. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>